This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, your weekly podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. In the studio with me today are Pratyush Steep and Tanishka Sodhi. Tanishka has managed to scramble to make it to office today in between writing a story and uh, paying attention and listening in to the bail hearing of Zubair, which he just got bail in seven cases that have been filed against him. Zubair spent about 20-22 days in jail and hopefully we should see him walk out uh, of jail in UP at some point um, today, tomorrow, I'm guessing, right? Okay, so uh, welcome to uh, the podcast, Tanishka, and thank you for making it, despite it being an absolutely insane day for you today. And uh, Pratyush uh, is going to be making his debut at Reporters Without Orders. He's just joined our team at News Laundry as a reporter. So, uh, Pratyush, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from? I'm from Assam. Uh, I joined News Laundry 20 days back, like it's not even one month. And I'm enjoying what I'm doing here. Like this is the like this is the first time I'm working with a, such a good team of reporters. You know, reporting is my the, like my passion, and like uh, I have been in this field, but I was mostly doing freelancing. Hmm. So uh, this is the first time I'm doing reporting in an organized way, and learning a lot of things like production, podcast. Like this is my first podcast. So yeah. And is there something you'll be focusing on while working at News? Yeah, I'm, I will be focusing mostly on the social justice bit, like uh, about the issues, like, you know, that really matters about social inequalities, about uh, religious freedom and all those things I will be covering uh, in, in this stint, like in this organization. And let's see how it goes. Okay. So we'll start with uh, a report that Pratyush did this week. Um, and this is one from home, actually. It's about uh, something that happened in Assam. I'm just going to read out the title. It says, Assam's student jailed for backing ULFA in Facebook post allowed to take exams. So ULFA is also pronounced as Alpha. 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 Okay. So uh, Pratyush, can you tell me a little bit about what ULFA is and what role they play in politics in Assam? So uh, uh, ULFA, basically Ulfa and all, uh, United Liberation Front of Assam, it's like it was formed in 1979 and it was very, it was a period Assam was going through a very turmoil political situation. And if you remember, that was the period when Assam was, uh, there was a huge movement against the illegal immigration hmm. in Assam and it is known as Assam Movement. And uh, it was formed around that time. So basically the uh, Alpha was formed, in Assamese we call it Alpha and it's like, I don't like pronunciation may be different like from in other regions. But Ulfa was formed to like, you know, it, its basic demand was separation from India. Mm. They wanted a separate country. And it was because like the year long or decade long injustice that the people of Assam or the Northeast at that point of time faced and and the, some youths uh, they like you know they came out and they started an armed struggle against the Indian state but I think the organization was banned uh, in 1990 now earlier they, it was an open organization they recruited a lot of uh, youngsters from different part of the state and the movement was going parallelly with the Assam movement uh, you know it's a non-violent then Ulfa represent the violent part of the movement or the violent part of the aspirations of the youths at that time there's a lot of like historical and like you know social backgrounds that that helped them to like you know mobilize people and they got a lot of popular support but from 1990s onward like uh, they when like they were banned then the police like i think uh, indian armies uh, launched two three operation operation mm. bazrang in 1990 operation rhino in 1991 and operation rhino 2 in 1992 so 
in during this operations, lot of cadres were like the cadres of Ulfa were killed, and like you know, lot of military atrocities were also reported from various part of the states, and it was like again like it was a dark history. You can say if you ask any Assamese, like they will say the 1990s, the history of Ulfa. After they were banned, after the arm, real arm struggle started, and uh, uh, like you know, like uh, obviously expected uh, repercussion from the Indian state started, it was a very dark history of Assam. So, did the people of Assam uh, uh, so lend support? Uh, yeah, to it, they used to lend support. They used to lend support. So far, we heard from the people as per the report said, but not always because they too went to some extremes, like you know, military excesses. Then again, like Ulfa cadres too did some kind of excesses in many parts. So. So, like you can say it's a mixed kind of a thing and with uh, excess military suppression and all those things Ulfa started to like lose its momentum the movement if you see Ulfa as a movement it loses momentum and then there are a lot of surrenders happened in 1990s and then uh, I don't know if like many people knows it or not there's like you know there was a period from 1996 onwards it is known as secret killings of Assam like a lot mm. of people were killed nobody know who killed them like you know like mostly like they mostly targeted members of Ulfa cadres like Ulfa leaders and Ulfa cadres they were being killed like you know like some people reports say they came in uniform but they are, they were masked then they just come and kill the like you know members of the you know militant but how long leaders. did this go on it, it went on for like 3 4 years it like you know there is a commission report called saikia commission it's a it's a like judicial report like you can read it like but no action was taken like there were mm. many names popped up in that report but no action has been taken many say it, it's state sponsored but there is no confirmed report on that so that so was the lost like, public support because their violent actions were also affected the public or yeah. were their violence directed only towards the indian so, state yeah in the in the beginning like they were they were mostly violent and they they were targeting mostly non SMEs non uh, aboriginal people but later on like it become like you know like you no know, it's it's a chaos basically later on become chaos they like there are many incident of bombing there's a popular incident in 2004 they bombed a playground where at least hundreds of SMEs student children got killed it was like it was a, like it was done by alpha they had even accepted it they say it mistake but these incidents also like you know hello like you know they put them like you know apart from the public support and public started to like feeling like you know it's not the way they wanted things to be done mm. maybe in the beginning they think it this is this is a, they are doing something right but the violence cannot be answered that's 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 what like you know it become like when we we were young at that point of time alpha was not like really you know that much of you know having popular support at least in our localities or in our like you know where we we brought up there was no such popular supports but yeah there used to be popular support for alpha in 1990s or if you say 1980s and how did the state term them were they termed as a militant outfit or yeah, terror outfit it's a outfit? band organization it's, it's a, a band, band terrorist organization so mm-hmm. i think yeah america also terms it as a organization of concern basically they operate from nowadays they operate from uh, 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 Myanmar northern Myanmar hmm. which is like they which is used to be i think it is still a territory of Kasin independent army so so when alpha was formed so there was no camps in assam like at that point so they used to go towards the there's a patkai range patkai hills were there so used to go to north myanmar they got training under the you know under this like Kasin independent army it's a militancy of Myanmar's militant group so yeah they were tied up with NSCN uh, which is a Naga militant group 
So that's how they they are operating. Like they. Did they also have links with China in any way? So see, reports say like you know they have links with China because Northern Myanmar is in like it's 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 very near to the China hmm. and near to the Cambodia as well. So this these locations are near to the China and people says that, but there is no confirmed report and I haven't spoke to anyone who can say so. Like right. So the story that you did is about yeah. uh, Barshashri. I can't pronounce Barshashri. It's Barshashri. Assamese is it will be like Borhas. Okay. But it's very difficult to pronounce. Yeah. So who is she, and why are we talking about her so today? So she is a student from Jorhat. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a there is a college called uh, Debi Saran Borwa College, DCB. It's a girls' college. So she is a mathematics student there. She is first year, I think, nineteen nineteen year old. She is a first year student. So uh, yeah, so she is any girl. So I spoke to the the college, like you know, college. Uh, their her professors they so told me she is a very normal girl. She was a mathematics student. She is very socially aware. Mm-hmm. And say she used to write poems. On the Facebook, and she mm. was very vocal about the issues and those things. Like, so what I found out from her profile, and while I was doing the story, she was any other girl who is socially aware, who is meritorious, and yeah. And what and what has happened to her? So she like as per the FIR that we accessed, that she wrote a post uh, where I, I think she mentioned there's a line she wrote in Assamese, hmm. but it it would be translated like this. Uh, Another step towards the sun of freedom. Once again, I will commit treason. This is the translation of the sentence which she wrote on her Facebook post, and Assam police booked her hmm. for this sentence only. Like you know, so this say, is part of another poem, or it's part of a it's, group. It's just a similar sentence. Like many, it's her as, own. It's her own sentence. Like she wrote it. It's a Facebook post. We can say someone saying it's a poem. Of course, like the. Like the you know how she wrote it, it may sound to someone like a poem, but it's normally sentence. Like this is a simple mm. sentence. So for this sentence, he was arrested. Mm. So uh, actually, I spoke to her brother. So he said they were not really aware about anything like what she is doing on Facebook or whatever she is doing on social media. So she was on vacation uh, at at her friend's place in Golakhat district. It's near mm. to uh, it's like you know adjoining district of uh, Jorhat. So she was there with her her friend when police uh, came and took her over to the police station. William mm. Ghat, there's a place called William Ghat. She was taken to William Ghat police station. Then police informed the parents, you know, we she's posting something very unusual and very you know something like not good. So we, we're taking her here to the uh, we she's here with us in the police station. We'll do counselling. Then we'll send her back. Then they were fine. Okay, okay. Then they they thought we will like they were also a bit anxious and be, they're a bit worried. So, but the FIR was filed by this time. Yeah, by this like they were not aware about the FIR according okay. to the family members. Okay. Like they were just simply said she was being taken to the police station. She will be counselled and she will be released. So next day when her father he's a farmer. So when he went to the police station, then only he got to know that she was already arrested. Hmm. So the, then they they were like handed over the FIR and everything. Then they came to know about the incident. It happened in May, May eighteen. But interestingly, the story was not even carried out by many. Two thousand eighteen. Uh, no, no, no. May eighteen, two thousand this year only, two months okay. back. Hmm. But no one carried out the news, and like there was very few reporting. I think some local reports were there, but not like you know it was not 
it didn't caught the attention. Oh, so her arrest happened in uh, happened almost two months back. Two months back. Okay. But the issue, like it issue was like uh, came to the you know came it got highlighted again. Uh, I think around this uh, July tenth or twelfth, because her exams were approaching. Her exams were from mm-hmm. July sixteen. Mm-hmm. Then only like there was a social media media outrage where people were like many Assamese journalists, many civil society members as well as like. student organizations were raising this issue because she should be at least allowed to sit for exams hmm. so that's how the issue like media mainly got to know about her case hmm. so it was mostly you can say didn't caught attention because it's far from the you know national capital it's far from the even the capital yeah. of assam it's in jorhat in golaghat it's 600 300 kilometers from guwahati hmm. and and if you count it from here it is more than 2000 kilometer So yeah. So and has she been now allowed to sit for exams? Yeah, she is being allowed to sit for exams. She is like you know, uh, she was allowed by Golaghat District Court. So yeah, she is now appearing for her exams. So her final exams for the second semesters are, are ongoing, and she is appearing. Hmm. So now that this has become news, there has been some sort of response come from the state as well about her arrest itself, which has happened two months back. Um, so before I go to the response of the state, I want to check with you: Why is it that uh, Assam media didn't think this was important enough to report, or did they and the Delhi media didn't pick it up? Delhi media didn't pick it up. Right. So yeah, even hmm. in English, East Mozo did the story, and many other Assamese media did the story. It's not hmm. like, but it was not picked. Like, see the. local media did the report but mm. there was no voice coming from the civil society as well at that point of time right there, like i couldn't at least see any anyone speaking up for her release or demanding her release no even not even a student organization is so, this because it's common that it happens it's not or? I, like i don't really know why they didn't pick up like i spoke to some of the journalists they also said me the same ki mm. when the incident happened two months back they informed some of leaders or some you know civil society members but they didn't get the in response from them hmm. like which is now happening of course now civil society is with her support in her support and as well as the students organization they are all demanding her release but that was the not case two months back hmm. so everyone is, and i spoke to some student organization leaders as well local not like you know very big ones like local leaders they also said ki they were a bit confused because you know police informs them ki yaar ye hua hai and then they also came to know from other sources so it was not clear till this time like till this july hmm. so tanishka you literally just got off your laptop uh, where we heard the bail hearing of uh, zubair tell us quickly what happened today in court and why it's a fairly historic moment uh, compared to what's been happening in the last one month at least So uh, Zubair's counsel and uh, the UP government's counsel um, argued uh, before lunch. Uh, they put their points forward, which I think we're all sort of aware of what they have been saying. Um, uh, and right now, the Supreme Court just said that Zubair will get interim bail in all the six FIRs, seven FIRs that are against him. Six actually, because he already has bail in one of them, and the other one he has interim bail. So all the FIRs registered against him in um, by the UP police, he will get bail in, and uh, all the remaining. FIRs will be clubbed together and will be transferred to the Delhi Police Special Cell, and. Um Interestingly and historically, like you said, the court also did say that all future FIRs also that will be based on the tweets, like these current FIRs will be Zubair will have interim bail. Mm. And another uh, very relevant part is that um, the UP government said that, um, hey, can you ask him to not tweet further? But um, 
the quote said that we can't ask that you can't ask a journalist to not tweet it's like asking a lawyer not to argue so i think that's very important i have not uh, gone through the details of the order but i will now but he, they've asked for his immediate release so it's mm-hmm. been 22 days so i think this is important on many fronts did the up government argue why uh, he should not be released also So one of their arguments today and always has been that Zubair is not a journalist. Uh, mm. In today's hearing, the council said that Zubair is not a journalist. He is not a fact checker. He gets paid for these tweets, and uh, the more malicious these tweets are, the more he gets paid. Um, and according to them, his tweets incite violence. Um, they went through the series of uh, FIRs, which were all based on tweets. And the thing is, in a lot of these tweets, Zubair has tagged the police, has asked for action. to be taken so i think that also really helped um the council for zubair to argue on these grounds that this is his job as a fact checker to call out um what is happening so yeah right uh, so tanishka tell me a little bit about uh, his fir's he's had a few before his right. arrest and we've seen the accumulation of some more fir's after now the fir's that were filed after his current arrest and we saw this trend sort of where he would get bail in one and then suddenly you would hear that you know he's booked in something else right. uh what was he getting charged under um most of the charges were under sections 153a and 295a of the ipc uh which relates to uh, promoting enmity on grounds of religion and doing acts of prejudicial to the maintenance of harmony hmm. and 295a concerns deliberate and malicious acts intended to outrage religious feelings so even in the sessions court zubair's counsel had argued um that what are the two communities here because if you remember his initial the main uh tweet that led to his arrest by the yeah. Delhi police was from a movie where uh, there was a before 2014 after 2014 reference um there was no mention of any religious community uh, hmm. besides hanuman mentioned which was also from the movie so the uh, the council argued that there was no other uh, side so what are you speaking about and interestingly two days ago uh, when this um, zubair's case came up before the supreme court they said that today will be the hearing but that this is a vicious cycle as soon as he's being granted bail in one case and FIR is being registered against him in another case so uh, a lot of us were sort of uh, we sort of f- figure that he would get bail um, today because that was the sense of the uh, courtroom the last few days and the hmm. supreme court's um, comments hmm. and um, so far he had bail in sitapur uh, fir he had interim bail uh, which was, was that particular case about that was on a tweet where he'd called out three uh, hindu seers and he had referred to them as hate mongers right. according to the up police up government this led to violence and one of these seers was yati narsingh anand who yes. himself has been uh, accused of hate speech multiple times and inciting violence multiple times and has gone to jail yes once as well and while threatening the Correct. up police uh, <laughs> yeah. during his arrest yes so, and there was bajrang muni also yeah. who also uh, threatened to rape uh, women of women. a particular community mm. so um he had interim bail in the sitapur fir which was then extended until uh, further orders which were supposed to come up in september and uh, the delhi police case he got a uh, proper bail in just a couple of days ago so uh, he was also uh, booked in lakhimpur kheri um where he i believe appeared virtually during the hearing since he was already in jail in sitapur right. uh, so what was the particular charges against him and why was he 
बुक्ड इन लखीमपुर द एफ आई आर वॉज लॉन्च बाई अ रिपोर्टर फॉर सुदर्शन टी वी एंड इन हिस कंप्लेन द रिपोर्टर सेट दैट जुबेर हैड मिस लेट पीपल थ्रू हिस ट्वीट अबाउट हिस चैनल ऑल दो हिस ट्वीट वॉज अ फैक्ट चेक बेस्ड ऑन अ रिपोर्ट दैट सुदर्शन हैड डन um so all of the fir's were actually based on tweets which were fact checks so the court also mentioned that all of the uh, fir's were filed based on tweets in this particular tweet he was accused of uh, promoting enmity so he was granted judicial custody 14 days so it's pretty much the same cycle the right. charges and all of that is identical in most of these fir's that are getting filed right. against him that was him. one of the reasons that the supreme court said today that the fir's can be clubbed and transferred right. to the delhi police so it may help them in this case also because uh, he has been granted bail in the case filed by delhi police so yeah it's ironic also because one uh, two things stand out in this particular uh, thing that you were just talking about now in lakhimpur case if it's the sudarshan news reporter who filed an fir against right. him i remember actually when i was doing these five uh, times zubair actually called out hate speech hmm. i did a piece uh, the week he was right. arrested and in that there is a story about how sudarshan tv had actually got school students from up to pledge that they would you know kill um, anyone kill or participate in violence uh, against anyone who spoke up against hindus and this was published on sudarshan tv and no action has been taken so far as per a wire report which said that uh, there was an attempt to file an fir a failed and unsuccessful attempt to file an FIR. um the other thing that also stands out for me is that i think it's uh, it's quite fantastic that the court has agreed to club the firs against subair but what we also saw a week ago was that nupur sharma's advocate had made a very similar petition uh, asking that all the firs filed against her across the country be clubbed and at that point uh, justice suryakant actually went on a bit of a rant which was quite criticized even by retired supreme court lawyers and current supreme court lawyers saying that that was not his place and actually they could have clubbed her firs which is not something that the court hasn't done before right um so she has also got um, protection as of yesterday i think yeah, in all the firs yeah protection she's got but i don't think the court has taken any decision on clubbing her firs right. so far the other thing i want to ask you about tanishka is a story you did uh, where the bail was given from the delhi sessions court uh, and you did a story uh, titled dissent is necessary five takeaways from delhi court's bail order for zubair uh, tell us what these five takeaways are right uh, so one of the takeaways was that uh, free speech is a foundation of a democratic society in its order the court mentioned how article 19 of the constitution gives citizens the right to freedom of expression and speech and that a free exchange of ideas um, are basic indicators of a free society the other takeaway was uh, about hinduism being one of the oldest and most tolerant religions hmm. this was in context uh, because the 2018 tweet had allegedly hurt the sentiments of hindus um, but the court said that this was not sufficient to incite feelings of hatred among different communities the court also mentioned that the movie kisi se na kehna from which the screenshot is where which was tweeted um that this has been for public viewing for nearly 40 years it was certified by the cbfc and uh, no one has ever filed a case um hmm. regarding this saying that it hurt the religious feelings hmm The other takeaway was that criticism of a political party does not justify invoking 153A and 295A because political parties in a democracy do not shy away from public criticism of their policies. Um the court also mentioned in its order and also during the course of the hearing that the Delhi police had failed to identify Hanuman Bhakt and that uh, the statement was also not recorded of Hanuman Bhakt and Hanuman Bhakt is the Twitter account who had pointed out to Zubair's 2018 tweet which the Delhi police 
officers took cognizance of and arrested him. They filed an FIR based on that tweet, and not just his statement. Nobody's, none of the alleged victim statements was taken. And um, after the initial FIR, the Delhi police had also added uh, section 53 of the FCRA, which is the Foreign Contribution Regulation Act. Right. Uh, to the charge sheet uh, the judge but the judge said that um, Zubair had placed on record that Alt News only asked donations from Indian citizens who have Indian banks um, the police had also asked Razorpay to uh, share data and uh, according to the police this was not sufficient uh, hmm. the court held that Zubair had has placed on record material showing that Alt News only asked donations from Indian citizens and thus this is not a violation of FCRA so these were all significant uh, points from the order and uh, also looking forward to going through the Supreme Court order and writing a detailed report. And we haven't seen any FIR filed against Pratik Sinha, have we? No. But the same uh, guy who pointed out uh, the tweet against Zubair in 2018, the Hanuman Bhak, hmm. did tag uh, some of Pratik's old tweets right. and ask for his arrest, but so far nothing. Yeah. Uh, when we were doing a piece on uh, Zubair and how the Alt News newsroom runs, um, it, it, sh- it is to be noted that nobody else in the Alt News newsroom has an FIR against them. It's only Zubair. Ever. Uh, ever. So no, the only thing they have had is legal notices being sent to the organization. But other than that, Pratik Sinha, his mother or any of the reporters, uh, none of them have an FIR against them. It's only Zubair and Pratik Sinha, uh, while speaking to us, had said also that, you know, it is uh, quite evident that it also has to do with the, with his own identity, religious right. identity, and that this um, is... Uh, uh, that's sort of a hunt because of his religious identity. Now we're going back to Pratyush's story. So Pratyush, as you said, when the arrest happened in May uh, of this year, there wasn't much uh, political reaction or media reaction. And now when she had to come out to write her exam is sort of when the media has picked this up. And what was the response of the state? What did Chief Minister Hemant Biswa Sharma actually have to say about this? So uh, so when media reported that she was arrested for writing a poem, basically supporting or allegedly supporting the, you know, Ulfa. Then, uh, like, you know, when media persons asked him, in a, I think in, a, uh, in some meetings, then he uh, told him that he was, she was not arrested for any poem, but she was arrested so that she couldn't go to the Alpha. I mean, like, he was saying... Uh, that she sorry. wanted to join. Yeah, see, he she wanted to join Alpha. That's why she was, like, you know, arrested and being kept in jail. But how was that proved? Uh, yeah, but the affair says that, you know, it's affair clearly mentions these two, like, this, this sentence was clearly mentions there and says that this is supporting, like, you know, if we read the affair here, Facebook post was, was in support of Ulfa and Bersarsi Drebe was involved in a criminal conspiracy and a bit to waste war against Indian government. This was hmm. what written in FIR. So what Chief Minister Himanta Biswasarma was saying was not true as per the FIR. So yeah, so this is a contradicting statement. Even the Assam Police DZP, hmm. he also said the similar thing. He also told media, ki, you know, uh, if we let her go, so if we release her, she will go to Ulfa. So better she, she should stay in jail. Right. So this, is, this was the statement of Assam DZP as well. Now but, when you also scroll through, her social media, her yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. and everything. Has she anywhere uh, used 
use the word ULFA no, alpha no ulfa she never mm. used any word ulfa i like her profile actually her brother said mm. is when she was detained first day she was detained and taken to the police station mm. uh, police uh, made her to delete some of her posts so we mm. couldn't access like you know all of her like you know previous post but we got some screenshot from media personnel and some of her friends but there was nothing like you know nothing wrong like their normal posts like you know some of them are poetic you know some are like you know some kind of you can say revolutionary thoughts but there was no mention of alpha or waging a war against india or nothing kind of sort of that we could at least find the in the screenshots that we access through like you know her friend right. friends hmm. so yeah that's the case it's ironic cuz i was actually reading about this and it says that in 2011 uh, there was a statement that ulfa released hmm. saying that hemant biswa himself was part of the organization previously yeah uh, yeah yeah what was, was that about so the so hemant biswa sharma's whole political career started from cotton colleges hmm. so cotton colleges is a, you know known college in assam so he was the general secretary of cotton and college student union so at that point of time it was in nine, late 1980s or the beginning of 1990s so at that time all some student union mm. asu who led the assam movement was the uh, like you know even until now it's the main student body organization mm. so he was a part of asu and many people many like reports many people alleged or says you know he was like you know he was even he was a part of this you know ulfa but there's no confirm report as he also said ki yeah. you know forsberg has lost his mind over yeah. so but in yeah, the sense that biswas response has been that the leader of ulfa has uh, lost his mind his mental balance in, safe, actually, in yeah. court actually lost his mental mind. balance and yeah. hence uh, yeah. made the statement but yeah but people say so uh, even like chief minister may not accept it but like many people who were from cotton college also even said ki himanto biswas sharma was like even he was even arrested like mm. you know there was an activist like now mla called okhil gogo he even uh, he even alleged that in 2008 or 2009 that ki you know himanto biswas sharma sharma was involved in extorting money Hmm. in his college days and you know he was arrested by panbazar police station it's a, a guwahati hmm. police station. Hmm. so it also says that the same year that this hmm. allegation came out is also when ulfa had signed hmm. uh, an agreement with the indian government called yeah. the suspension of operations agreement right, right, right. what was this about so this was uh, like ulfa is no longer the one group like after like in 2009 their chairman uh, arabinder askwa and many other top leaders were arrested you know arrested in bangladesh and they are deported here i think they, while they were crossing to india they were arrested and after that like alpha was split and it become two faction one is alpha independent mm. which is led by paresh barua commander in chief he is the paresh barua then uh, this uh, those who were arrested their group is called uh, alpha protok Okay. these are like you know they are leading the talks and paresh buro is still he is still not in the you know in this process of peace talk because he his uh, like one point agenda is sovereignty he's mm. saying if the sovereignty is in on the like you know on the table then only we can start talking otherwise he is not ready to come to the talks so, uh, so this pro talk faction has been like you know in talks since 2011 but the latest report i think in 2022 only like they have been like this pro talk leaders are, are alleging that you know Uh, the government of india since 2014 is no longer interested in this like you know to this to complete this process 
to a speedy expedition of this whole peace talks because I think their interlocutor, which was A.B. Mathur, uh, he, he retired, I think, on his term ended in March uh, 2021. Uh, right. But since then, uh, the government of India has not appointed any interlocutor. So they're raising questions if the government of India is serious about the issue or not. So the situation is, you can say it is not like moving ahead or it mm. has it is like you know there is no progress on the peace talks so i'm going to just read out uh, one Concluding sentence from uh, Pratyush's report, which I thought was quite interesting. It says, since Hemant Piswa Sharma has become the chief minister, more than 400 youths reportedly went to join ULFA. While all the intelligence of Assam police failed in these cases, uh, they could only be successful in Barshashi's case. So is it, it not questionable? Uh, yeah, it's a statement from Assam student leader. Hmm. So it is tr- true. As per the media report, it's, it is true. Around 400 uh, like youths. And it started since 2019 when the uh, NTCA movement was peaked in Assam. You know, it's, it has a very different context than the rest of the India. Mm. It is mostly about, not about Muslims or the Hindus. They mm. mostly say we don't want any foreigners. That mm. means even if he's a Hindu Bengali, even if he's a Muslim Bengali, we don't want any. So the context there is like different. You can say if you, as we are talking about Assam movement, so Assam movement was also about the illegal immigrants. So this time again, the people were pro- people were protesting against immigrants, you know, mm. this is like irrespective of their religion. Mm. So when the movement peaked, and as you know, in 2000, uh, Twin, uh, to 2019 December when the bill uh, bill was passed and it became CAA from CAB then uh, like you know uh, there was complete curfew and the lockdown kind of a situation in Assam for more than like at least for, uh, for a week mm. there was no internet there was like people like you know whole Guwahati was like you know uh, like you know protesters stormed Guwahati and on the streets of Guwahati there was like total ruckus in on the streets of Assam there has been large protest and uh, as per the reports like many youths uh, went to uh, join Alpha since then and yeah I think the many student leaders district level local student leaders and many others youths unemployed youths went to join Alpha since 2019 and right. yeah that's what the media report says. Right. Okay, Pratyush, thank you so much for discussing your story with us. Before I let you go, Tanishka and Pratyush, can you please tell me a little bit about what you would like to recommend to our listeners this week? <laughs> so since we were talking about Ulfa and the Assam movement and about militancy in Eastern India, so the book that, that, that is coming to my mind is The Land of Jade by Bartil Linter. Right. Bertil Linter is a journalist, uh, Swear, I think, a uh, Thailand-based journalist. So, yeah, one can read that book to, you know, have an idea of how this militancy has been going on since 1950. He has hmm. done a very good, like, you know, journalistic work on the militancy. Right. Uh, it's a piece on midday. It's called Anne Vernon's Letters to His Son. It's by Ajaz Ashraf. Uh, Vernon Gonsalves was arrested in August 2018 under UAPA for his alleged role in the violence at Bhima Korega. So this piece is um, a really uh, sort of heart-touching piece that uh, goes through Vernon's relationship with his son Sagar. In his mm. lifetime, Vernon has been uh, out of his son's 27 years of uh, living, Vernon has been in jail for 10 of them. So it's an interesting story about how their relationship has uh, grown and how they communicate through letters over the years. Okay. All Thank right. you Thanks, so much. Tanishka. And I would like to recommend a particular piece uh, from the New York Times. It's called Out of Cash and Out of Fuel, Sri Lanka Runs on Patience. Um, it's quite a detailed piece uh, that was published yesterday. In fact, today they're actually electing a new president. 
um but this piece particularly looks at how daily life has been going on in uh, colombo uh, district in uh, sri lanka and how people have actually been patient in this uh, present time of complete chaos a uh, very well written piece and i would urge you all to go and read it other than that uh, something nice that i saw this morning uh, which i thought i must recommend is this beautiful uh, youtube video uh, where there's a person called whose name is yo yo ma He's actually playing the cello in the woods accompanied by uh, bird sounds and it's a really beautiful 3 minute section um very peaceful to listen to so I would like to recommend these two things we'll put the link below uh thank you so much Tanishka and Pratyush for joining us on this podcast So listeners if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Stitcher Spotify or any other podcast platform know that you can look up our podcast on our own website newslaundry.com uh, where we have different features where you can forward rewind and listen to the parts that you want to listen to in our podcast with that this podcast is adjourned All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher iTunes and any other podcast platform Please subscribe to News Laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.